Thank you, Anita. Thank you, Ruth Ann. Glad to have one of our Floridians or Southbirds back, Joy Caesar. Too bad you didn't come back about three weeks ago or so. <laughs> and also want to mention, as I do at times, that I realize I have a responsibility to minister God's word. But I think equal to ministering God's word is the responsibility of praying for you. I do that faithfully. And again, if along the way you have something special you want me to pray for you about, don't be afraid to give a call. I do pray. In two weeks, we'll celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. We know that Christ died for sin, and he was raised to life for our justification. In order to be reminded of the necessity of Christ's sacrifice of himself, and to mature in our faith today as well as next Sunday, we want to look at several passages of Scripture that are related to the word sin. To challenge us to listen and to obey Scripture, I have a few questions. Not looking for response, just some thought questions. Will good laws result in less evil? Why? Why not? Are all human beings equally sinful? Are there categories of sinners? Are all sins equal? Have you ever said, I'm glad I'm not like, and then plug a name in, but are you like them? Let's take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Briefly look at several verses. Romans chapter 3 and chapters 1, 2, and 3, Paul deals with sin. The end of chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, he deals with the righteousness that we can have from God, the justification we have. Chapter 6, 7, and 8, all that we have in Christ, the sovereignty of God in chapters 9 through 11, and then living that out in chapters 12 through 16. But in Romans 3 and verse 9, what shall we conclude then? Are we, that is, the Jews, any better? Not at all. We've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Verse 9, we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles are alike under sin. Verses 21 through 
31 of chapter 3. He says in verse 20, 22 and 23, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Going over to chapter 5 of Romans. Romans chapter 5. Reading together verses 12 through 14. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. Let's go over to First John chapter 1, beginning with verse 8. First John chapter 1 and verse 8. Writing to believers here, giving a series of tests whereby someone may know that they are a child of God. And he says in chapter 1 and verse 8, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Now, whether it be in Romans 3, Romans 5, or 1 John, the words sin, sins, sinned, all come and are all the same Greek word. The word is hemartia, which will now look at in a few moments. That's a Greek word. It appears 217 times in the New Testament. It's used most frequently in the book of Romans. In Romans, it's used most frequently in Romans chapter 6, where Paul discusses the fact that the believer has died to sin. Hebrews is the next book where it is used most frequently. Now, words are important and definitions of words are important. If I say to you the word B-O-W, are we talking about a bend or a curve? That which is used to shoot an arrow that which is used to play a violin or a knot made by looping and tying a ribbon? Or is it the forward part of a ship? Or is it something that has been into curved form? Or is it part of the eyeglasses that rest on the wearer's ears? What is a bow? What is a bow? You know, it depends. Definitions are important as it relates to Scripture. 
But what is the history of hamartia? If you go back to Genesis 3, we won't turn there. But in Genesis 3, we find that Adam and Eve, who had been created in God's image, were given instructions. The instruction was given to Adam. Adam apparently shared with Eve after she was created. And then Adam and Eve were in the garden. And we know that the tempter came to Adam and to Eve and spoke to Eve and Eve responded. Adam also responded, then they chose to disobey. That would be the beginning of sin in the world. There was a creator God in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. There was a God who said, here's the standard. Here's how you should respond. We find then what happens in Romans 1, that God has revealed his wrath against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. And they chose not to be thankful. And the result is Paul's charge in Romans 3, which we read earlier, all are under sin. Then in Romans 5, which we read earlier, we find that sin entered the world through one man, Adam, Death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men, because all sinned. The Old Testament word for sin is hada. What does it mean to miss the right point? Adam and Eve missed the right point, along with many others who came later. The description is those who have lost their way, the best of intentions, but still being off track. Adam chose to move into sin. Sin came into their human race. It is very evident in Cain, the flood, the Tower of Babel, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Israel in the desert, the period of the judges, King Saul, and many of Israel's kings displayed sin. But remember, there's a creator God. He gave a standard, and they missed the point. What is the point? A relationship and fellowship with God that is the creator God and being content in obedience. And we go over to the New Testament, the word hamartia has a similar idea of missing the mark continuously, falling short or failing to achieve rather continuously. Falling short continuously. See, there's a target. JT uses this target to practice bow and arrow. And you'll notice there's a couple holes over here. There's a couple up here. There's a few over here. What happened? It's where Danny was shooting. shooting. (laughs) Someone missed the target. There's a few right here in the heart. But the idea of hamartia is 
missing the target. Well, they may shoot, but Danny misses the target. Continuously. Again, what is the target of Hamartia? A relationship, fellowship with the Creator God. Being content and being obedient to Him and living in sensitivity to Him. So when Paul says in Romans 3, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God, what happens? They miss the target. Fellowship with God, a relationship with God, contentment and obedience to God. So when you see a target in the future, think about, hey, Martia, and what it is. So when John says in 1 John, if we say we have not sinned, If we say we have not missed the target, this is what he is talking about. Just plain downright missing the target. Tied also, just to illustrate it in another way, is to have a human being who falls short of the standard. If we were to together go down or go to Jersey, New Jersey, and go to the ocean, we're going to challenge one another to jump from New Jersey to England. We can go back as far as we want and get a running start, but every one of us will fall short of the target, England. That's the idea of sin in Scripture. Missing the mark. Falling short. There is a creator God. There is a standard. And there's a need for revelation. As we think about sin. Now go back to Romans 1. In verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be made known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their foolish, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. God gave revelation, turned away. Missing the mark. In Romans chapter 3, we've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles are alike under sin. And then the passage we read earlier, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Their throats are open graves and so on. What is true of the human race? There's no relationship 
fellowship with the creator God. So what happens? Humans assert themselves, I can do. They exalt themselves, I am superior. They satisfy themselves, I must have the desires. They glorify themselves, I must have the credit. So at the core, human beings fall short of God's standard. They miss the mark of a relationship, a fellowship with God. What happens? Then acts of sin. Acts which fall short of God's desire. So Paul says, for all have sinned in Romans 3.23 and fall short of the glory of God. Please understand that human beings left to themselves, including us, make a mess of life. Because there's separation from the creator God. God has given revelation in creation, in scripture, and in Christ. So that he can be known, he can be experienced. People may do the right thing at times, but is it for God's glory? And we make a mess apart from God working in our lives and drawing them to ourselves in so many ways. Some people do it in evil ways. They use unkind words. They use cutting words. They may hurt someone physically. And then some people do it in good ways. They miss the mark. They may work hard their entire life and in the process destroy their family because they've been pursuing money. They may study hard in school to go to college, to get through college, to get a good job. And in the process, they're hung up on themselves and not God's glory and hurt relationships. I realize I was a believer at the time, but I can go back to my college days and regret neglect of my wife because I had to be the best. Those who have not come to faith in Christ assert themselves, exalt themselves, satisfy themselves, Glorify themselves. So there's acts of sin. No relationship with God, no fellowship with God, with the Creator God. Not content in obedience. So what happens? All kinds of acts of sin. Romans 3, there are Throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit. Their feet are swift to shed blood, ruin and misery mark their ways. Just a description of what humans are like apart from a relationship with God. God is not moved by the deeds that we trophy, but by the desperation that we acknowledge as our own. 
God is not moved by the deeds that we trophy, but by the desperation that we acknowledge as our own. The correct theology of sin helps us to understand the world in which we live and live with joy and thanksgiving in it. There are many applications that could be shared, but want to mention a few. How many times have you said, have I said, have we heard other people say, I can't believe that they would do that? If we understand in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve chose to walk away from God. And because of Adam's sin, the whole human race is plunged into sin, separation from a relationship and a fellowship with God. That's why they do what they do. That's why kids do what they do. Why can't we believe it? If we understand what God says about human beings apart from his work in their life. People are have the potential for deep, deep cruelty. So when we see evil, whatever package it may come in, it goes back to a theology of sin. Think about all the relational conflict in our world today. Just in our world. Our president and the Senate, and the House get along just like peaches and cream all the time. So the health care bill came up, or possibly a repeal of something, and, you know, just really, really warm, fuzzy feelings all the time, right? We know better than that. We have an election, whatever election it may be, and everyone is kind and loving and gentle and uses building words. We think about the Middle East and the tension that is present in the Middle East. Now it's related to sin. How many of you in your marriage, within your family, with your parents or with your children, have had some relational conflict? That's tied in with sin. You've had a conflict on the job. You have a conflict in school. Again, tied in with sin. I'm not saying who's sin. I'm just using it broadly. The problem in our world is not lack of information or lack of education. Our problems as a nation, as a world, all spring from sin. This is why the gospel of Christ is such good news. We offer to a sinner. Someone offered it to us, a sinner. Because it's being offered to those who are separated from a relationship with God. I think it ties in too with the whole idea of understanding and recognizing that I can't, you can't, 
live for God. It is Christ who is the believer's life. John Owen, one of the Puritans, said, We can have no power from Christ unless we live in a, live in a persuasion that we have none of our own. We can have no power from Christ unless we live in a persuasion that we have none of our own. Words that delight the heart of God are, I can't. So we come to him in repentance and faith because the Spirit of God works. As a believer in Christ, we come to him and say, I can't forgive. God says, I know you can't. That's why I gave Christ. I can't. Be kind to this person. They really rubbed me the wrong way for a long time. I know you can't. That's why I gave Christ. You have life in him. You've died to sin. You have life in him. To experience God's grace, I must readily and repeatedly confess my own helpless condition. To experience God's grace, I must readily and repeatedly confess my own helpless condition. Let's return to the questions I posed earlier. Will good laws result in less evil? Will good laws result in less evil? No. It might result in less evil in the action. How many of you, when you're going down the road, if I'm tramping on toes here, I guess it's real to life, and you're doing 85 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone, and you see a police car up front, and you tramp on the gas and go 95 most people will slow down. So that law will suppress the action of evil. Sometimes it will, but it doesn't change the heart. So will good laws result in less evil? Good laws will keep people from doing some action sometimes, you know, if you know there's a consequence, but it still doesn't change the heart. A law will not change the heart. If I want to beat in someone, you can have all kinds of laws. It's not going to change my heart. That's where the gospel comes in. Another question, are all humans equally sinful? Are all humans equally sinful? Scott's head is going slowly. Yes. We're all separated from God. Lack of relationship. We're in Adam. Later, Romans 5, 12 through 14. Now, some people may commit more acts of sin than others or greater acts of sin that have greater consequences. But all are equally sinful. We say, I don't want to be identified with so-and-so. I'm not nearly as bad as they are. Lack of relationship and fellowship with God, just like everyone else. 
apart from Christ. That is humbling. Hitler was an Adam, as I am an Adam. Yes, he's responsible for a lot more than I am, but equally sinful, separated from a relationship and fellowship with God by nature. Are all sins equal? Are all sins equal? (laughs) I see a couple heads going to yes, and I see some faces, "Ah, I'm not so sure. I think all sins are equal in the sense that they fall short of God's standard. But all sins are not equal in terms of consequences. Hitler had sins and grave consequences for the world. That is much different than someone who pounds on a brother or sister. The consequences are not as great, but both miss the mark. But the consequences are different. Have you ever said, I'm glad I'm not like? That's going through my mind quite often. Maybe you don't do it. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not like. But stop and think about that. I'm equally sinful in that I lack, apart from God working, a relationship and fellowship with God. See, we may pursue to be the best for our own credit, for our own glory. That is sin, as well as the one who murders God has delighted to display his grace in Christ. It's to a sinful world that Christ came to give his life. My first question is, have you ever come to faith in Christ? Have you ever come to God and said, God, I can't. I need help. If not, Why not today? If you have, and you are a believer in Christ, are you enjoying and experiencing in Christ and contentment and obedience to him? Let's sing together. Grace greater than our sin as Travis comes to lead.